EMS One Academy, a training solution designed for EMS chiefs, offers more than 200 courses and 250 hours of continuing education. Our modern learning solution includes flexible reporting capabilities and features to upload agency-specific courses and track credentials for recertification. Easily streamline daily administrative workflow with EMS One Academy. Start your free trial. Visit www.emsoneacademy.com slash insideems. Well, once again, it's time to go inside EMS, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Chris Subalero, and I'm going to say it. We have two, count them, two shopping days till Christmas. Now, here's a man that doesn't know how to count, our good friend, Kelly Grayson. KG, how are you? I'm, I'm fine, man. I um, I went to public schools. What can I say? I can I, I can barely read. Now, I think you know how to, I'll be one of those people that's on the last two shopping days till Christmas. I'll be out there combing through the dregs uh, on, on empty shelves trying to find Christmas gifts. So. It's a milk and butter. The only thing you need is milk and, milk and bread now. That's the only thing left is milk and bread. <laughs> milk and bread. Uh, booze. That's what we need. We need that's booze right. for Christmas. That's right. So this is the last <laughs> show of the year, Kelly. We usually yeah. take Christmas week off. And for our New Year show, we got a couple things that I think are going to be really kind of cool for the new year. And maybe we talk about some new segments, but, uh, you know, as soon as we come back on the other side of 2018, Kelly, we're on the march towards 200 shows. Yeah, man. It, uh, where, where has the time gone? Where it just seems like just yesterday that I was propping you up and, and helping you get your fledgling podcaster feet under you, you know, and teach really? you how to speak in really? public and, really? and all those things. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that, I guess that's a but, dig, uh, I guess that's a dig for the, for the counting comment, right? And I only I only have to hold you up about half the time now. Man, so you've you're gotten better. Four now, years. I'll say man. that. Four years we've been doing this, and this is the way you treat. Yeah, me. yeah. But but speaking of getting better, man, this is I, I ran across something on the web, and I'm gonna I'm gonna grill you about it because I was doing some research for <clears throat> for a, a conference lecture I'm proposing on on EMS leadership, and I just happened to type in some search terms, and guess whose name came up in a Forbes article. John Maxwell. Uh, no, but it's, uh, it's somebody we know. His name rhymes with Schmiss Sfrabalero. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I, I saw this. This is pretty cool, man. Um, now, uh, you, you've got this this article in the, on the Forbes Coaches Council, Four Tips for Constructing a Leadership Development Program, but the thing that struck me as was your byline um you've got a multi number one best-selling author um your your books hit the bestseller man yeah I, yeah, tell I me mean, about it brag yeah, for me no you're gonna make me blush man but uh yeah both my books my first no, book I'm not. was <laughs> my first, you're incapable of change thank you very much my first book ultimate leadership 10 rules for success uh went to number one in uh actually debuted in number one, so that was pretty exciting for me. And those were the rules I had to come up with to be a good leader. And I wasn't a very good leader in the beginning, Kelly. We've kind of talked about it on this show to where I've had some challenges and I had to really learn and grow how to uh, be a successful leader. And uh, But I had to come up with rules. I mean, rule number one is never allow your emotions to dictate your actions. And then we talk a little bit about emotional intelligence in that chapter. 
Yeah. And one of the things that I had to realize is I allowed my emotions to dictate my actions. And it really kind of cast a black cloud over me for about uh, close to a decade. So the rules that I had to come up with to be a successful leader, so that's the first book. And then recently, Ultimate Success, uh, Strategic Leadership Excellence came out in the uh, fall, in the springtime. And that's a book yep, that's written. That. Yeah, that's a book that's written uh, the skills that you need to have, the skills that you need to develop to be a successful leader and, uh, you know, make sure that you have good employee engagement, uh, good employee satisfaction. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I'll make good, good stocking stuffers if you want to contribute to my retirement. Well, we'll I'll chip in some money to the double wide fund so you can move into thank that swanky trailer you've had your eye on for so long. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I yeah, do. I am I'm jealous, guy. man. Number number one in, in your category, I've uh, you know, um, I only wish I had that kind of success. My only my my, my books went aluminum. That's funny. They went <laughs> up. But here's the thing. I mean, you're 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 close to the guy, man. So you can you can have some of that yeah. credit as well. But uh, and I do uh, I do uh, write and contribute to Forbes. Uh, and I just did you know one of the things, uh, and it's interesting that you ran across the article. But one of the things that we'll talk about is I don't think that we do a good job in our society. When I say society, I mean the EMS career field of growing our leaders. And Kelly, you know as well as I do, and how long you've been in the business, 26, 27 years now. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying 25, and i got to remember we've been doing this almost four years, so i got to keep adding a few to it. But, um, yeah. you know, we know that our leaders are really kind of, uh, it's trial by fire. And when we think about how to develop a good leadership program, a leadership development program, we've got to put those those uh, processes in place that allow for those leaders to have the very best opportunity for success. And it's something that we don't do. And if I ask you this question, you know, what's the true measurement of leadership, leadership success? What do you give me? Um, my idea of, of true leadership success is making the people around you better. Number one, if you can, if you're a force multiplier for excellence, then you're a good leader. Um, and, and it's not about personal aggrandizement and 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 uh, making yourself look better. It's making your subordinates look better, and in turn, they'll they'll help you shine. Uh, but that's what a good leader does. Yeah, and I have to agree with you 100. percent I mean, it's not that I can book a conference room. It's not that I can do project management. It's not that I can do resource management. It's that my employees are engaged, my employees are satisfied, in turn they're productive, and then they're giving the clients, the customers, the patient the very best experience that they can. That's when you know that you're a good leader. Anytime that you know, you're talked to about your boss, uh, talked to by your boss about uh, you not being a good leader, it's probably because of patient complaints. It's probably because of, of uh, you know, conflict in the ambulance. It's probably, and it deals with the workforce. You know, we have to yeah. remember one thing that we invite these people into our organizations to help us be successful. You know, tongue-in-cheek, Kelly, I've been saying for a lot of years that if we can get rid of the workforce, our job as leaders would be easy. But that's not practical. You know, we've got... <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Exactly. But what we have to do is we take our time. We give them tests. We give them skills exams. We give them yeah. sometimes, uh, you know, psychological or we give them personality exams, Myers-Briggs exams yeah. or whatever those things are. And then we invite these people into our organizations to help us be successful. And then we forget about them. We say, raise your hand if you have a question. But secondarily, we don't give the leaders that are supposed to be taking care of those people the forum, the, the, the tools, the experience they need 
to make sure that we keep a, a good, strong workforce. And so when I wrote the article, I really wanted to be able to give some practical tips about how to develop a leadership development program for your organization. And, uh, you know, I, I think I came up with a pretty good article. And I, from that article, I'm going to develop a program that actually talks to the specifics of the article on how to develop a good program. Well, now, now, having read it, I, I want to quibble with you a little bit. And I'm going to give you this will give you the opportunity to expound um, because I differ with you slightly. Um, I don't believe that leadership can be taught. Uh, now, I'll preface that statement by saying that leaders, potential leaders can be identified, but the, the, the strongest leadership traits, to my mind, are intrinsic. And you can either develop those with a good uh, with a good uh, leadership program, or uh, sadly, as as most agencies wind up doing, uh, they squash those leadership traits um, because the, the, they don't develop those people, and eventually those people just just quit bother. Uh, they they quit trying. Um, so, how do you respond to the skeptic, me, uh, the grunt, who says that no, you're either you either have leadership uh, talent. Or you don't, but you, you certainly can't teach people to be leaders. Well, I think first off, the you know, I do disagree with you, and, and that's nothing new for our show. But I think one of the things <laughs> that we have to talk about first is the definition of leadership. So one mm -hmm. of the things that I think we have to look at is leadership is not a noun. It's not a position. It's not achievements. It's not uh, uh, colibras. Leadership is an action. It's a verb. And you have to practice leadership every day. And I like to define leadership as influence. We can influence somebody from whatever position we hold into the organization. You know, one of the best things that I talk about when it comes to influence or leadership is when President Obama went to NASA. And he was walking the halls of NASA and he came across a janitor with a broom in his hand. And he went up to the guy and he shook his hand. He said, hey, what do you do here? He goes, I send people into space. And that was his response to, you know, what he does here. So that was really influence for me to say that organization lets everybody know that regardless of the position you hold, you send people into space. Now, when we think about yeah. when you say you don't think leadership can be taught, everybody has the ability to influence somebody. Does that mean that it has to be in a capacity of, of, a, of a position? And we have to be able to get out of this mindset that leadership uh, we're doing leadership from a position of authority or the days of command and control because they're over. Now I'll, I'll go ahead and go to your preface of saying that leadership can't be taught. One of the things that I'll combat that with is we have our own definition of leadership. So, you know, if we sit here and we pull leadership out of the dictionary, you could probably find 30 different definitions. But the way I usually start my leadership development is to say, what's your definition of leadership? And then from there, I want to be able to grow on what your definition is. I want to be able to polish it. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to maximize it. I want to be able to put you on a path so you're able to know that your foundation of leadership is going to be right. Now, it may not be right in the sense that you say leadership is a position or leadership is doing the right thing even when somebody's not looking. But it's your definition. And from there is the foundation yeah. that we grow from. Now, when we think about that leadership can't be taught and that it's intrinsic, you know, I do have to differ with you because I think that we're able to look at some people and say they have a good foundation of leadership or they, they have natural born leadership skills. But when we think about the term, and I said it earlier, Kelly, that 
never allow your emotions to dictate your actions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had to learn that. I had to learn that you don't well, yell at people. I had to learn that you don't talk bad to people. I had to learn that you, allowing my emotions to, to come out in, in a meeting was inappropriate. So does that mean that I wasn't a good leader before? Well, it meant I was a, wasn't a good leader. Did it mean that I didn't have leadership traits inside me? Well, I did, but I just I needed them to be polished. So um, I've, I've taught a lot of people uh, leadership skills. And I do think that you have some intrinsic um, values, but I do think that it's a skill that can be taught. Well, I, I think part of the problem lies in the fact that, that so many autocratic leaders that, that think it's about them and, and that think that leadership is a noun um, uh, tend to uh, misidentify leadership traits and other people. For example, um, uh, someone comes to their attention because he's a bad apple. He's dissatisfied. Uh, he's got a bad attitude and, and his, his, uh, his attitude is contagious and, and he's spoiling the whole bunch. That, in, a, in essence, is leadership. It's just misdirected leadership. This person is a thought leader. He's able to influence people just like you spoke of, uh, the problem is, is that he's not engaged by the organization, doesn't feel invested in it. So his purposes are crosswise to the agencies. Um, so how do you get those people steered back on track and, and, and redirect those influence skills, uh, toward, toward, uh, making the, the agency better as a whole. Uh, and I think that's, that's probably the, when I say that agencies often squash leadership skills, uh, in people, that's what I'm talking about. Quite often, uh, rather than than um, take a, a disengaged or disenchanted employee uh, and try to turn him around and, and put those uh, uh, redirect that that passion, um, they uh, they just tend to write them off and say, "Well, they're a bad apple. Let's get them out of the organization." Yeah, I think one of the worst things that we do in our organizations is we label people. And yeah. we need to stop doing that. And we need to realize that everybody that's in our organization is is unique. And we have to be able to uh, give them the opportunity to be their unique self. Now, yeah, I think one of the one of the one of the characteristics of a strong and healthy agency is they embrace questions. They, em- uh, you know, the, the leadership uh, embraces people asking why rather than being threatened by it. Um, and, and a lot of those potential leaders are, are the people that are asking why, um, if you don't engage them, if you don't answer their questions appropriately and explain, uh, explain why, uh, uh, to their satisfaction, then, then you've lost them. Yeah. I want to go back to your question about, you know, how, how do you, you know, stay engaged or how do you develop that influence? And uh, I get the question all the time, you know, Chris, when you talk about leadership, it really kind of outlines what's not happening in my organization. And, you know, my boss just doesn't care about me. You know, he, he, you know, it's hard for me to be motivated. You know, why do I need to do? And here's the answer that I give you, Kelly. And, you know, how do I, you know, how do I change my boss? And, you know, here's the answer that I give you. The boss is going to do what they want to do. But you never allow that to affect who you are as a professional. And if you allow yeah. somebody else yeah. to dictate your inspiration, if you allow somebody else to dictate mm-hmm. your motivation, and if it's anything but positive then you're not being the best professional that you can be. You have to be able to set the standards for others to follow. If your boss is not somebody who appreciates 
who you are or appreciates the workforce or somebody who is self-serving or somebody who's a micromanager, that doesn't mean you change who you are. You still be able, you still come in with a with an iron uniform. You still come in and you influence people every day. Yeah. You still come in and make sure that your people know that they're the most important component to your success. And then hopefully one day somebody says or the leader finally says, you know what, maybe I've been doing it wrong. But if not, yeah. you're not selling yourself out. You're not selling your professionalism no. out to somebody else's uh, behavior. No, you just you you uh, if you can't grow uh, and become the consummate professional within that organization, then you find an organization where you can, uh, and you vote with your feet. And and those uh, and you know that that agency loses uh, loses what you you added to the equation. So. Looking at your at your article, you've got four tips here, and they seem to be about um, uh, identifying potential leadership traits and developing those within each individual in the organization. It's this strikes me very similar to any other skill building where <clears throat> uh, you talk about a, a leadership uh, folder, uh, a leadership skills folder. This strikes me very similar to the the. Uh, um, uh, competency portfolios that we develop in, in EMT class and, and paramedic class where we where we uh, gauge our, our students on, on uh, formative uh, evaluations and finally summative evaluations to see how far they've come. Um, so I'm getting from this that you can you can identify and and refine and hone these leadership skills like you would any other clinical skill. Yeah, I have to agree with you. So the, what the article really kind of uh, gives us is it gives us kind of the plan of how to do this. So the way that I've laid it out is to say this. One of the biggest mistakes that I think senior leaders have in the organization is they don't develop plans for the success of the positions. So I talk about in the article that one of the things... That Are you talking like no no performance metrics or, or is that what you're talking about? Some, yeah. Something tangible that they can work toward? You know, I think that that's exactly right. I mean, so when you think about what a successful field supervisor needs to have, what characteristics do they have? What traits do they need to have? What skills do they need to have? You know, is conflict resolution a big skill? So what I talk about is you should look at every single uh, leadership position in your organization, and you should develop a list of competencies for that position, i.e., let's say, conflict resolution. Well, within the conflict resolution uh, skill, there may be seven levels from beginner to mastery. And inside those seven levels, you should be able to list what each level should be until you finally get to a point of, you know, whatever the top level is going to be. And then when you have those skills, then the people who are in that job, you grade them on where they fall into the scale. So let's say we use conflict resolution, Kelly, and I'm, a, I'm the manager of the department. You're one of my field supervisors, and I know that you sit probably at level three. Well, now it's my job to get you to level seven. So what development plans do I need to give you to get to the highest level of that competency? Now, I, I think where this comes in handy as well is here. You know, we talked about it in the beginning of the show where we, where we say we just kind of promote people. Another thing that we can do is those people that do have that potential, we can go ahead and grade them against the competency while they're still sitting in the trucks and say that yeah. Kelly Grayson is going to be a future leader. Let me go ahead and test him and find out where he is on this competency scale for a field supervisor, and let's work with him over the next year to prepare him to have the skill necessary to be successful in this position. 
Another component that you can do for this is when you're hiring in a leadership position. You know, a lot of times you just want to be able to say, I think that they're going to be a good fit. But now you got Chris Sabalero, you got Kelly Grayson. Who are you going to pick? Now we're able to grade them against the competencies so you know who's going to be a better leader when they come into the organization based on the skills that they already have. But remember, just like yeah. a field paramedic and just like an EMT, they come to us with a set of skills. They come to us with some experience. What we have to do at the top levels is we have to be able to grow them. We have to get them to the next level. So just because you come to me as a paramedic who's got 10 years of experience doesn't mean that you know everything there is to know about EMS. I need to be able to find your challenges. I need to be able to find your weaknesses. And I need to be able to grow yeah. you into the next level. Same thing with a leader, Kelly. I know that you have fair communication skills. Let me give you exceptional communication skills. I know that you understand motivation. Let me give you the mastery of motivation. And then you take those skills and you give it to the people who deserve it, the members of our workforce. You know, what you're describing sounds kind of like a, a combination of a uh, individual SWOT analysis, uh, you know, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and, and, and a version of the, the, like the standardized evaluation guidelines in, in FTEP. You know, you got your anchor, what's competent, uh, and, and you've got your attributes or, or your, your actions that are below competency. And then you got the things above that anchor that are, are that define good or, or excellent um, and, and forming uh, a, uh, a objective set of metrics for leadership development is probably uh, to my mind um, instrumental in, in a successful program. Now, that is, to my mind, is where EMS falls down so often because at so many agencies, you see leaders, they should be leaders, what they're actually producing are managers, um, but the people that should be leaders at the agency are, are promoted not based so much on their leadership attributes and the skills that you identify here in your, in your article, um, but on seniority and clinical competence and the fact that they turn in their run tickets on time and they're billable every time. And th that's how we identify our supervisors and our future groom, our future leaders uh, in the agencies. Now that's how they do it at my current employer. Now in fairness, there, we do have a pretty robust uh, leadership program at, at Acadia. It's called ACES, uh, and there are plenty of classes there uh, that do exactly what you what you propose here in your in your article. But uh, ultimately, the folks that that get uh, uh, elevated to those positions, uh, the ones that apply, are the ones that usually have uh, a little bit of seniority and some clinical uh, skill. And the ability to turn in a good ticket and keep their boots polished, and and but they not necessarily know anything about leading other EMTs and paramedics. Yeah, but the problem, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and we've been saying this for a lot of years. But I think the challenge is this, and this is where it really spurred me to write this article, is that the the leaders of the organization, the senior leaders of the organization, don't know the attributes of what makes a successful leader for the individual positions. And I think that that's a fall down. One of the things I do, I do want to give a, a shout out to our friends over there at the National EMS Management Association. You know, over the past few years, you know, they've been working very, very hard on developing leadership competencies for EMS. And, you know, as I write this article, I write this article really um, just for my thoughts from a business acumen standpoint. 
but I got to tell you, I mean, they've got a great set of competencies for supervisor, manager, and, and senior level folks. Uh, they're actually doing classes for leadership development uh, to get certified in, in your specific position. And I, and I would challenge everybody, go over and check out the things that are going on over at the National EMS Management Association. Here's one of the biggest challenges I think we have in our career field, Kelly, is that you may not stay in EMS. You may have grand designs to go to the fire department or go to nursing school or go to medical school. Well, you're going to be a leader somewhere someday. And you need to be able to learn the skills that's going to be necessary to help you be successful tomorrow. And while you're doing it and working in an EMS organization, maybe we get some better quality of you assisting us in, in helping us reach our vision and our mission. But a lot of times people are yeah. just wasting time waiting for the next opportunity to come and they're not growing themselves. Check out what's going on over yeah. at NEMSMA. Go ahead and see if you can get involved in their leadership programs and get yourself certified. And then the eventuality is not only does it grow the EMS career field, but it grows your skills uh, professionally and personally, and then you're ready for your next your next uh, big thing as well. Yeah. yeah. EMS may be a placeholder and a stepping stone in your, in your grand design, but while you're here, you need to contribute to the profession and leave it better than you found it. Uh, and, and developing yourself as a leader while you're in EMS is, is part and parcel of that. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. What are the attributes of a great leader? What kind of metrics can we set forth uh, to make sure that we're developing leaders and and uh, and mentoring them along the way and, and helping them grow their skills. We'd like to hear your thoughts. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Sabalero, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for tuning in Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys after the new year.